Let's pray. Gracious God, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable unto you, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. I was in high school attending a a Christian camp in Colorado. There were 10 of us or so sitting in the back of an open-air Chevy Blazer pickup, gazing, gazing up nervously to where the road was about to lead us, high up, far above the tree line. The Jeep driver then offered a brief devotional to calm our nerves. It was a Christian camp. As the Lord tells us in the good book, Lo, I am with you always. But hop. But high, and you're on your own. You see, we were going high. Now that's what you call a mixed message. Huh? These words, of course, were Jesus' last words to his disciples, according to St. Matthew. Uh, that's just the I am with you always part, not the high you're on your own. Clearly, This was intended to reassure his disciples. But then, shortly thereafter, Jesus disappeared into heaven. And there you have the original mixed message. How was he supposed to always be with them when he just left them? Pentecost. That's how. Pentecost. Jesus remains with us by the power of the Holy Spirit, which is nothing other than God's power and presence poured out on all flesh. And so, God's embodiment in Jesus was not temporary. It is permanent by the power of the Holy Spirit, and it takes residence in you and in me. And so... One morning, as Jesus' followers were um, no doubt wondering for the umpteenth time how they were going to carry on without Jesus, a strong wind blew in, and they were suddenly filled with the Holy Spirit. Then things got strange, as Patrick just reminded us. Uh, For starters, the very first Christians were sporting tongues of fire upon their heads. Bizarre enough, I would... uh, submit. And furthermore, the words that were coming out of their mouths were somehow immediately translated into the many tongues of the international crowd that was listening. And Jerusalem at that time was indeed international. So many languages, it'd be like New York City or something. Um, And so as Patrick was was telling us uh, about this, uh, I hope you were sort of wondering about that. I mean, think of it if everybody in this world where we're so divided, could understand one another and come together and be on the same page. That's a vision in itself. Now, the disciples themselves, what was that like for them? What was their experience? Well, we don't know exactly, but it appears that they were having uh, so much fun, they are having an ecstatic experience of some kind, so much fun that the people watching, what? What do the people who are watching think about it? They were drunk. 
And in a way they were. They were drunk on God. They were drunk on the power of the Holy Spirit. Now that's the way you want to be drunk, right? At any rate, Peter heard the murmuring about their drunkenness and seemed to take offense. What kind of low lives do you think we are? We weren't drinking, it's only nine o'clock in the morning. As God said in the book of Joel, and I quote, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and daughters will prophesy, your young men will see visions, and your old men will dream dreams. What a lovely phrase. That's, a, that's the way to live, huh? So Jesus was right. He will be with us. The Holy Spirit is part of the triune God, and those three are tight. In fact, they are, the members of the Trinity, in a continual dynamic interplay. So when you get the Holy Spirit, you get Jesus too, whether you're high or whether you're low, and you become a part of that very interplay, that community, that dance of God, if you will. No wonder they seemed a bit drunk. Plus, they had dreams, visions, and prophecies to share. Fully airborne were these on the winds of promise. This is no less true for us, and yet, as somewhat reserved Lutherans, and I realize that's, that's a bit redundant to say reserved Lutherans, we, we, we may think this wild Holy, Holy Spirit stuff is not for us, that, that the Holy Spirit is, is the province of Christians who go a little overboard, you know, and they either get weird or they get pushy. And perhaps we have family members or we know friends who get into more Pentecostal type environments and raise their hands and, and maybe it seems strange to us. But of course the truth is at its most basic level the Holy Spirit that God gives is God's life force that, it, that at once is fully present and fully promise. It's in the moment, and it creates a future because it's based on promise. Such truth as this feels good, and it brings joy to our earthly embodied selves. What gives you exhilaration and joy? When do you feel most alive, able to dream about the future? maybe most like the followers of Jesus on the day of Pentecost. Eric Little was a Scottish Olympian in 1922 and a devout Christian. His running was an extension of his faith, but it was more than that. His running was an ecstatic expression of the Holy Spirit in his very members. And when he ran... He would feel God's pleasure. I don't know if the uh, audio fully came through. His, his words at that point in the narration were, I know God made me for a purpose, but God also made me fast. And when I run, I feel God's pleasure. 
And if that wasn't the look of pleasure on his face coming down the home stretch, I don't know what is. When I picture Jesus' followers on the day of Pentecost, I'll bet they looked a lot like Eric Little. So joyful they appeared to practically be drunk or high on something. This image is important because often we are too serious about our religion. We must be reminded, I think, on a regular basis that God didn't come down to us at Christmas, become a human being, and pour out his spirit upon us primarily to chastise us and browbeat us. God came to us that we might live, that we might live and experience joy, even joyful play. Think of when life is most satisfying and you are fully immersed and alive and connected to those around you. When time passes and you hardly knew it because you were lost in the gift of life and of community. Such is the character of God's Holy Spirit loose in your life. That is God's pleasure being lived out in you and in your members. Or think of the more subtle moments when your embrace of the simpler pleasures of life is experienced. Simpler pleasures like like what? your daily bread, your gifts and your passions, the people who are dearest to you. The Holy Spirit is there with us and for us like a cool and gentle breeze on a hot summer day. This we know from our text. But the Holy Spirit is not always a cool, gentle breeze as we feel God's pleasure. Sometimes we may feel a little bit of the pain that God has. Back when I was a church youth director in my 20s, my youth group and I spent the day at Great Sand Dunes National Park in Colorado. Anybody ever been to Great Sand Dunes National Park? Of course, the Joneses. Highly recommended. We were there for a mission trip, the youth group and I, but we had a few days to play. So here are these towering sand dunes. I have a couple pictures of, uh, you know, they're like seven, eight hundred feet high and 25 square miles. Yeah, go ahead and do the next one. Back a few years ago. And last. And there they are, pinned against this incredible wall of of mountains. Quite an inspiring sight. Well, these dunes were formed by essentially a wind tunnel going over a mountain pass that continues to drop sand in this one spot as it picks it up from the desert nearby. And so on this particular day, the wind was gentle and reassuring with me and my youth group, as we we romped around and played in the sand dunes. We experienced our own version of Pentecost ecstasy. I mean, it's a little bit like being caught up in a childhood fantasy. There we were in the largest sandbox in the world with no parents. (laughs) We buried each other in sand. We did flips and somersaults. We, 
We did long jumps and we ran sprints down tidal waves of sand, laughing hysterically and then wiping out harmlessly, uh, yet ferociously at the bottom. We didn't have any flames on our heads, but some of our yelps and whoops may have been an inspired language of some sort. But underneath our giddiness, there was an unmistakable reverence because it felt like some sort of divine vision of play. So when I suggested to the youth group that we get in a circle to pray, <laughs> there were not the, maybe the usual groans or pleas to do it later. It was more like, yeah, if there was ever a time and a place to pray, this is it. So we took turns praying. I was going to say the last prayer, and as I sat listening to others thank God for the sandbox, I felt a gentle, steady breeze that seemed like a caress. Then one of those light bulbs turned on in my head, the, the kind of light bulbs that pastors get or pastors soon to be, and, and I thought to myself, hey, the wind is like the Holy Spirit, gentle and loving. What a great object lesson. When it's my turn to pray, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to tie it in with the wind that we all have. So I sat there waiting to pray my wonderful pastor prayer. But as I sat, the wind picked up about four notches. Suddenly, the Holy Spirit was turning grains of sand into little projectiles, causing everyone to cower and cringe. Oh, great, I thought. There goes my little prayer sermon. What do I say now? Everybody, you know, feel the Holy Spirit as it drives sand into your face. So I shouted over the wind a quick, non-specific prayer and, you know, thanks, Lord, for this day, and we left. Our day of Pentecost had ended. It wasn't until later that night that I realized that the wind with the stinging grains of sand is the Holy Spirit, too. Now, geographically speaking, the wind created the sand dunes and continually shapes and rearranges them according to nature's purpose. One thing's for sure, the dunes cannot be created by gentle breezes alone, but rather by a fierce wind. You see where I'm going with this? So too does God's Holy Spirit work to rearrange the landscape of our world and sometimes our inner landscape of, our, of who we are. Because this world and our own selves are not always conducive to love, to hope, to justice, and therefore must be continually sculpted and re-sculpted and recreated by God. The work of the Holy Spirit in this world is to work through us to create connections and community with people who need a shared sense of humanity and purpose. Our work together is to create the conditions for love, for hope, and for justice to be done, whether it's simply forming relationships with our neighbors, like we see every year during the plant sale when people are wandering up and getting plants and, and, and then there are smiles on their faces, especially when it's all sunny outside and warm, or whether it's working together with our neighbors to create safer communities and the work that might be entailed by that. 
And when those more biting winds come our way, it is a sign that God is not satisfied with this world the way it is, but knows that it can be, needs to be better than what it is. And we're a part of that. And that's why we dream visions, dream dreams, and have visions. And so this other wind that might come our way is a loving push or a nudge upon us, maybe prompting us to do something that's not entirely comfortable to you or to me. Meeting new people, challenging the status quo, change is not comfortable and never comes without risks. When my youth group spent a week in Colorado in one of the poorest counties in the nation, that was not comfortable. Knowing that the unemployment rate there was higher than the employment rate was not comfortable. That's why people don't go there on their vacation to San Luis County in lower central Colorado. Yet the winds of the Holy Spirit drove us together with these dear people from San Luis County, and the Holy Spirit reminded us through the San Luis residents that we are all one people in Christ. And they reminded us of that multiple times. So, where is the Holy Spirit blowing us at Mount Carmel? To whom? I guarantee you, it's not just to each other, although it's that. It's never just about us. May the winds of the Holy Spirit blow within you and make you unabashedly joyful and playful. May those same winds blow within you, unsettle you, and move you to engagement with those whom the Lord is calling you to. Amen.